Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we build worlds based off a roll of a 20-sided die. I'm Jordan. And I am Cody. How is it going, Cody? Is it going pretty good? You know, it is going pretty good. I got my That's new great. computer built. It only Yeah, you seem very happy about that. Happy as a clam, I would say. Do I actually seem happier today than normal? Or are you yes, you that? seem oh. very bubbly. Like, you're bouncing around a lot, dude. I think that's just because I was listening to my pump-up music. No, but it, it went pretty well. I made one mistake that was frustrating, but it got resolved. What, what was that mistake? I want to know. Okay, so a new generation of processors from Intel just came out, ninth gen. The weird thing is most 8th gen motherboards will support ninth gen processors, but the trick is you have to <coughs> update. You have to update. Didn't you build your own computer too? Yeah, but I wasn't a nerd about it. Well, I wasn't either, and that's why I made a mistake. So you have to update your BIOS to have it support the new processors. Here's the problem with that. Um, You need a processor to update your BIOS on crappy motherboards, and I bought a crappy motherboard. So I needed an older processor to update the BIOS so I could use my new processor, which is kind of a catch-22. So I ended up having to buy a new processor, moral of the story. And now I have a different processor. But eh, eh, other than that, suck. no, wait, I needed to buy a new mother. I said motherboard, right? Did I say processor? No, you said processor twice. Sorry. I bought a new motherboard and then returned my other motherboard. But Amazon has great return policies, so it's all good. Okay, well, I'm glad, I'm glad that it worked out. Yeah. Also, okay, no, this is the other thing that I need to tell you. Jordan, have you what? read Hellboy? Um, Parts of it, yes. Oh, Jordan, Hellboy is the best comic book ever. I I love Hellboy so much. Of course, you got the time when I don't have the 33 issues of the comic that I bought during our show last week next to me. But yeah, I would <laughs> I would beg to differ. <laughs> um, no, I I just I've been reading Hellboy again recently, and I just keep forgetting how good it is and how much I love the art style yeah. and the story. And the I character. really need to get back into it because the parts that I have read were very very good. And it, yeah, well, I, I don't want to get too much into it. We'll talk about it, I guess, when the movie comes out. That I'm sure I'm gonna end up hating. Which yeah, I <laughs> just I already don't feel good about this movie. I really don't. Yeah, I I don't know. I I don't know. I watched the trailer and I'm just like, why does Hellboy always hate himself? Like, and well, the trailer just seems like it gave away too much. Well, and so it's weird. This one actually really seems to follow two comic books almost to a T. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except for some very key details that are different, and. I don't know. It's just like, it's always my frustration whenever anyone has Hellboy, like the creator of Hellboy, I was watching interviews with him earlier this week. And it's funny because he's like, the reason I came up with Hellboy is I thought it would be funny to have a character that is very clearly the devil, but everyone just likes him, you know? So in the comic book, like no one's mean to Hellboy. No one's like, oh, you're Satan. Everyone's just like, oh, hey, Hellboy. And he's like, oh, hi, I'm Hellboy. Yeah, no, it's very, he's, it's just normalized that he is Hellboy, this big red demon guy walking around saving people. It's like, oh, thanks, Hellboy. Yeah. And then in the movies, it's always like, you made me a weapon. I hate me. I'm ugly. And he's like, I've never, he never says that. He's never been like, I "I don't like being Hellboy. I still think Ron Perlman is the best actor to play Hellboy. Like, he fits Hellboy very perfectly. Yeah, when when they were first making the movie, when Mike Mignola and, uh, oh gosh, what's his name? Del Toro. uh, Gosh, Guillermo Del Toro first met. They both were like, do you know who you want to be, Hellboy? And and Mike Mignola was like, do you know who you want to be, Hellboy? They're both like, well, I have a name in mind. They're like, 
you say it first. And they're like, one, two, three, Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman. Yeah, like, seriously, what I think Hellboy, I think Ron Perlman, this new guy, the guy, he's from Stranger Things and a couple of other, like, smaller things. He's fine, but he just doesn't seem to have the same energy that Ron Perlman had. It just doesn't feel the same. So I I think it'll be fine, but it's not anything that I'm going to, like, run to the theater to see. There's just something that I love about, and again, I, I geeked out and watched a bunch of Mike Mignola interviews. So, and I mean, he was talking also about Guillermo how, del Toro's like art style and his monster designs are always spot on, and that's the one thing I love about Guillermo. It's just well, and so that's something that I struggle with. I did it first, so I watched the first Hellboy movie, then I read like all of the comics, then the second Hellboy movie came out, and I was like, "That's not my Hellboy." Um, which is true. It's not. And even like Mike Mignola was like, it's, it's a very different thing, but he kind of said he was Guillermo del Toro's Hellboy. Yeah. And he was like, you know, I wanted him to do that. He's like, I do the books. He did the movies. And he's like, I'd rather, I'd rather not try to make him do it my way and let this very competent director make a version of my story, you know? And I'm like, okay, that's, and that's kind of what it is. Like, I really like those movies. They just are very different, which is fine. But, um, the feeling of the new one. I get that it's supposed to be more like horror and more like edgy, but I don't well, know. They were like gunning for the R rating. It's like, yeah, from the beginning they were gunning for it, which I don't know. It just doesn't exactly fit to me with Hellboy in a way. Cause like Hellboy never really swears in the comic. You know what I mean? Like he's like demon Wolverine, except for less swearing. How about that? Yeah. And less mean. He's like a nice guy, and that's what's kind of funny about him. And he's but he's still decently gruff. He well, kind of. He makes fun of people, but he always makes fun of bad guys. Like he never makes fun of Abe Sapien. He never makes fun of Liz no. Sherman. He never makes fun of humans. He makes well, fun of Liz people Sherman that are attacking him. Up if she really wouldn't. Well, and okay, if you want to talk about the character that got ruined by the movies, it's Liz Sherman and Abe yeah. Sapien. They just wrecked both of those characters i'll talk about it forever if we yeah, start yeah we, we we can go on about this forever <laughs> but anyways um but yeah it's just it's it's a departure and it always is because it's a movie but i just i liked about hellboy that he was okay with who he was and then the movies always seem to want to make it about him having an identity crisis and it's like he really never does like what i like about hellboy is that everyone's like you're the son of satan or you're this or you're that and he's just like no I don't care. I'm not that. And there's never like this moment where he's like, maybe I am should be evil. He's just like, no, I'm just not going to be evil. I have zero interest in evil. And they're like, but it's your destiny. And he's like, eh, nah, nah. <laughs> and I, I don't know. That's yeah. Anyways, that was a diatribe. If I've ever heard one. <laughs> yeah. I, it's dangerous to let me talk about hell. Yeah. Um, Next well, thing you know, I'm going to talk about the goon, and then it's just no. It's we're not. We are not going to the goon because I know you can talk about the goon for a very long time. What have I talked to you about the goon before? Yeah, in college, you used to talk to me about the goon all the time, Jordan. So here's the great. No. <laughs> anyways, you saw Captain Marvel finally. I did. I did. And by what finally, did I mean like a week after it came out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Babies, we we literally had to do a baby swap. So. Our friends went and saw it. We took their baby. Then they came to our house, took our baby, and we went and saw it, Um, which worked out. It just takes an entire day to see a movie because we have to trade babies. Um, 
So what do you think of it, though? I'm curious, like in more detail, I guess, besides just you kind of liked it, because that's what you said last time. Well, I liked it. I liked it. I liked the way that they developed her character. I liked that it wasn't 100% an origin story, like, oh, here's how she gets her powers in this freak accident. Now she's going to fly around and do like fight someone who is exactly her powers, but only slightly different. I liked how it wasn't completely 100% the Marvel formula. I loved the scene at the end, huge spoilers, by the way, but I'm about to say the scene at the end where Jude Law, um, whatever his character's name is, is in the desert. He's like, ah, I'm so proud of you. He throws off his weapons. Like, now let's do it. Hand to hand. Come on. Prove yourself to me. Let's do this. Let's prove yourself. And then she's just like, blast him. It's like, no, I don't have to prove myself to you. I don't have to have some huge fight to show you that I am Captain Marvel because I am just Captain Marvel. That's who I am. You're not going to stop me. I liked the way that they settled the whole thing. That's just like, boom, they did the Indiana Jones, like shoot the guy's twirl at the sword thing. Yeah. And yeah, I, for I, sure. That, it and had I that liked feel to what it. that scene kind of meant. Cause it's, I felt in a way it was the whole thing. It was just like all you like, incels out there who are like oh who are rating the movie before it comes out and like oh we can't have a female superhero she has to prove herself that she's strong like man like i loved how they're just like no we're not going to have her prove herself she's just captain marvel and i thought that brought the movie together very well i enjoyed the characters it was really weird because the um the little girl the daughter of her best friend really reminded me of my cousin and it's just like ah this is weird. Like, looks-wise and, like, behavior, too. It's like, ah, this is weird to me. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, uh, I, I enjoyed it. I, it's not the best movie, and it's definitely not the worst Marvel movie, but it's, it's, oh, it's that's, good. Oh, that's very true. Yeah, it, I guess, like, I think it did a very good job being, um, being a Marvel movie. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would say that, to me, the biggest shortcomings with the movie were... In some ways, exactly the complaint that I could make about every single Marvel movie, barring like three of them, which is like, it's, it's a Marvel movie. It's a Marvel movie. You know, it, it it's a Marvel movie. And like, at some point, it's like, man, why does everyone wear the same kind of like pleather suit? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, everyone said that wears last the time. same pleather jumpsuit. And she's like from a different planet and still wears the same freaking pleather jumpsuit, which it's. I understand they're being homogenous. It makes sense. Um, I agree that it was kind of not a complete origin story. If anything, it was more of an origin story for Nick Fury. Yes. Which I did not dislike. Um, did not dislike. Yeah, that was a double negative. I liked that it was an origin story for Nick Fury. I thought that was a good idea. And it was kind of funny. I was watching a reviewer that didn't like the movie for reasons that I do think are fair. Um, namely that it was very formulaically a Marvel movie. Um, but I think Nick Fury did kind of have more of a character arc than Captain Marvel. You know what I mean? Like that scene at the beginning and the end kind of bookmarked each other well with him being like, oh, fight me. But she kind of didn't do that at the beginning of the movie. And then at the end of the movie, she didn't do that. You know what I mean? Like, so she didn't really change that much through the course of the movie. Not that she necessarily needed to, but I think Nick Fury kind of had the like, realization of aliens arc that was a little bit more of an origin story for him um i think my only complaint was kind of just like it's tough because it gets into this thing where when superman exists why does why does why does green arrow exist you know what i mean yeah and it's kind of the same thing where it's like when she exists like what's uh what's hawkeye doing 
Well, she also What's flies Captain off America into the, she, she also flies off into the ether to kind of save the rest of the universe. So you know, yeah, and like without a spacesuit, just like I'm a fly away now, and I'm like, geez, every other Avenger sucks. Like, well, yeah, man. and I mean, she's the Superman of the Avengers universe. Yeah, and, like yeah. there was all this stuff I, like, oh, she's not even the strongest Avenger. No, she's pretty up there. <laughs> well, and that's like I don't really care about the whole like hierarchy power, of power. competition yeah. of like oh i'm the most powerfulest but it does just like it's funny sometimes and i mean they even nodded to it in one of the avengers movies where it's like the scene where hawkeye's talking to what no nah, i just oh you have a captain marvel yeah I, ju- I just went out and bought it a because i love the um cover but still just she's really awesome i haven't really read her comics but she's really awesome I read that I liked there the was one run that I read where she is with the Guardians of the Galaxy, but I, I just I really like her a lot. Um sorry to interrupt. But you. yeah, I liked her character. I liked that she was kind of impish. I thought that was fun. Um and a good I thought it was a good foil to Nick Fury. Like their kind of buddy cop movie between the two of them was pretty entertaining, I thought. Yes. Um and that to me was the strongest part of the movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like which Eh, whatever i mean it's always got to turn back into a marvel movie but for a while when it was a buddy cop movie was definitely what i enjoyed it the most and to a point at the like towards the beginning it did feel really 90s and it wasn't at least i didn't think it was to beat you over the head 90s well there there was there was a couple of parts where it was like okay guys but i thought it was they did a good job establishing it without like completely like brick overhead i think that it's more so one of the reviewers i watched was hating on it being like 290s nostalgia but i think that's because this reviewer was older than us and 90s nostalgia is targeted at us yes like clearly this was like kind of one of the first movies i've seen where the nostalgia was aimed at me you know what i mean like stranger things the nostalgia is really not aimed at me i'm not from the 80s i didn't grow up in the 80s um but the 90s i did grow up in like I grew up seeing the little jokes that they had in the movie. You know what I mean? So it's like... And I I love love that aspect of it because it was aimed at our generation. I really like that. Right. And I think we're just kind of hitting the cusp where we're getting old enough (laughs) that uh, nostalgia starts to apply to us. Um, Which is like basically once we're in our 30s, which we're rapidly approaching. So... Oh, jeez. Don't even remind me. (laughs) My brother's turning 30 uh, this year. In, like, a couple weeks. Uh, my brother's 31 in a couple yeah. months. Yeah. It's, it's, so, yeah, <laughs> I mean, we're 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 at, like, now the 30-year cycle of things that we remember are going to start becoming nostalgia. Yep. Um, But I think, I think that's why the movie, though, was not, like, offensive to us because it's more palatable. But I think for people that grew up in the 80s, it was like, yeah, stop playing Avril Lavigne songs. I'm like, I like Avril Lavigne. You liked Avril Lavigne, huh? I, that's I, an, I did. That's an omission that we didn't need. <laughs> Wait, n- maybe I didn't like Avril Lavigne. Pause for station identification. I'm I'm kidding, dude. You're fine, dude. I'm just making fun of you. We don't need to stop. The no, I mean show. I'm not I'm not embarrassed by it. That's not what I'm saying. I just want to be right. That's probably the worst thing you've ever said to me. I just want to be right. <laughs> no, Gwen Stefani is who I meant, not well, Avril yeah, Lavigne. Sorry. I'm just a girl. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, yeah. No, I loved when that song started playing. It was great. Yeah, I know. Yeah, because it's a nostalgic uh, song now. Yeah, yeah, and I, I just thought it was really pulled together really well. And I was not going to say that, yeah, it's the number one Marvel movie ever. It was good. It did, like I said when we talked about it before, it did what it needed to do. Yeah, yeah. And 
end game, honestly, still not too excited for it, but it's coming up soon, so oh well. More excited for Spider-Man. Yeah, more Spider-Man's excited for Detective fine. Pikachu. Yeah, okay. You know what I am yeah, we're gonna for? push Detective Pikachu till the end of the world. We're both really excited for Detective Pikachu. The thing I'm most excited about right now, though, is Spider Verse just came to DVD. Right? So, yay! I need to get that right now. Goodbye. Yep. I gotta leave the podcast to go buy that movie. Yeah, I know. Leave. Go buy it's it. Seriously, Hopefully, I'm oh, watching it next weekend. It's so good. But um, yeah. Anyways, we are gonna get into our show. Do you, Cody? Want to tell us what we did last week. Last time we did um our the worlds we want to live in. Yes. I got a yellow card. Because, because you didn't want to live in it. You... Well, I didn't say I didn't want to live in it. I said that... The words are, was... I don't necessarily want to live in this world, but it is a moral that I really like. Yes, So yellow card correct. because you said... <laughs> because you could have just not said that part. Just said, yeah, I really like this moral and this world's great. And then it would have. And been you made a world where robot spaceships fight each other in a robot space arena. Yeah, and they have um, magical powers. Come on, don't leave out that. And part. they have magical powers. Sorry, I forgot which is the, the uni- I think that's unique to my world because we do have robot spaceships fighting each other in other things. <laughs> but the fact that they have magical powers is unique. Speaking of like arena combat, I think Apex Legends. Don't shake your head at me. I want to complain about this. Ugh. I want to like Apex Legends. I do like playing Apex Legends. But I'm just not good enough, and I'm not oh, going to yeah, get good enough. I got, enough. like, 200 damage when I played. That's all I got. I have I have one kill. Jordan, I, I have played that game for hours. Oh, I only played for, um like, an hour and a half, two hours with Anthony, and I just, oh, uh, it was bad. But any, just... One kill. Okay, I'm just not a fan of the Battle Royale. I just don't like I it. like Battle Royale games. I'm just not good enough at like, them. I just suck. I don't like Battle I'm, Royale. I don't care about it. I don't really want to hear about it. I'll play with Anthony because, like, he's my friend and I like playing games with him, but I really don't care about Battle Royale. Um, also, other tangent, Civ Six is the worst game ever made. And Zach, I know you listen to this podcast He's been eventually. playing Civ 5. And he's been playing Civ 6 with me. Oh, well, well, when I see... I think it's Civ 5, but when I see it pop up on my Steam thing, it says Civ, it's Civ 5, I think. I don't know. I just Zach, see, I just see Civ pop up, and I was like, eh. I hate Civ 6. It's so boring. I love playing games with you, and you're a good friend, but I hate Civ 6. Um, really quick. Start- also, I'm sorry I declared war on you four times, and okay. yet now I'm going to die. We need to get to the episode. But really quick. Sorry, that was a message for Zach. <laughs> Resident Evil 7 is great. I've been playing it on stream. Anyways, so what is this week, Cody? And how the this heck do you is- manage the yellow card? This week is what happens uh, the world that you go to after you die, yes. purgatory, it's the, whatever. It's the world that you go to after you die. It could either be purgatory, it could either be hell, it could be the void, it could be heaven. It's what all you have to do is die to get there. So how did you yellow card? Well, you'll see at the end. Jordan, so do you roll your dice? Okay, you I'm guess oh my god, Nat 20. I win automatically. Yeah, I rolled a three, so you wasted I, that nat that 20. That makes you were me sad no that I what. rolled a nat 20 for that. Okay, this we should probably talk about off air, but I don't care. I'll should there be an actual penalty for me doing oh, yeah, yellow no, cards Oh, yeah, no, we're constantly? talking about this right now. Does, does, I think there should be an actual penalty. I think that if I deem this next world as a, um, as a yellow card world, there's two thoughts, two worlds we could go. You could either redo the prompt... <laughs> on your, you redo the prompt on an episode on your own, and I just have to judge it. Or I pick a world spe- like I don't. We don't roll, and I specifically pick a world. Okay, oh that's fair. So which one that's do you want to do? There's uh, other ideas that I have, but I think those two are 
like top of the line. I want to do the latter one. The one because <laughs> I don't want to redo worlds. <laughs> the one where I I just pick I get to pick a world. If I yeah, say three yellow one. cards and I pick a world, <laughs> three yellow cards or a red card. Well, then I think that you just get to pick a world this time because I've gotten like five yellow yeah, cards. <laughs> I liked my message to you. Where I was just went through. It's like, well, the story one is because you turned it into my bar- uh, to your barbarian world. It's like you didn't necessarily want to live in your world that you wanted to live in. It's like land world had water, water world had land. It's like, what are we doing here? Oh, magic and science didn't have science. <laughs> so, anyways, um, I actually wanted to go second today, but I not twenty, so I gotta, I gotta go first. Um, I did something different at the end. I kind of did a choose your own adventure at the end, so you get to choose how this world will end. Um, and then I'll read the other three prompts at the end, but you get to choose your own fate. Anywho, cool. I like it. Okay, so my my first. Two parts are pretty quick. So anyways, you wake up groggy and disoriented, blinded by the heat of the sun. You don't know where you are or how you got there. In fact, you don't remember anything. Who you are, what your name is, your age, or even what happened the day before. As you scan your surroundings, all you see is sand. In the far off distance, you think you can see you think you can make out the shape of mountains, but outside of that there is nothing but sand and the blue sky above. The cloudless sky allows the white-hot suns to beat down on you with no interruption. It is hot and uncomfortable. You feel exhausted as you sweat out onto the ground. Even though the conditions are undesirable, you still feel like you can move without being drained. Because you need to find food, water, and shelter, you pick a direction and begin walking. Maybe if you walk far enough, you can make it to the mountains, which should have a better environment to live in. But as you walk, the mountains do not get any closer. They seem to stay in the same position despite walking for what seems like hours. The ground remains mostly flat. You have climbed a few hills, but have always returned to ground level. There is not much in the world around you, just sand and the hope of the distant mountains. Though time has passed, you notice that the sun has not begun to set. It has stayed in the same position ever since you woke up. You wonder what planet you are on and how you got there. You strain to remember, but nothing comes to you. As you walk and walk, something hits you. You remember that you you once worked in an office. It is a mundane fact, but it is the first clue to figuring out who you are and how you got on this planet, wherever you may be. And that is my first section. All right. I hope we wrote exactly the same thing. and just You're going to tell the same story just being, ah, crap. All right, you ready? You always look so mad at me every time. <laughs> every, every time, time you, you open talk, your mouth, you're just yeah. mad. No, I'm not mad at you, Cody. I'm never mad at you. I love you like a brother. I hate that doesn't mean brother. you're not. That almost means the opposite. <laughs> I hate it, my brother. Which I like my brother. If he ever listens to you, I love you, bro. <laughs> uh, well, my brother doesn't listen to this, and he says hurtful things to me constantly. So you know, whatever. Uh, my overall title is Ghost Stories. The first story is Shatter Clank and the Shadow Man. Not all of us you see are what we appear. Some of us simply watch. So look on now and see what becomes of a life full of hate. Shatter. A small child sits in her bed, covers drawn up like a shield against the night. It's fine. I'm a grown-up. I don't need my parents. They can have a night out. And I don't need a babysitter. The child's confidence lasts until the first... Mm, lasts until the first lightning crash 
She lets out a squeal and throws herself under the covers. It's fine. It's just lightning. Lightning is fine. I love watching storms with mom and dad. So stop crying. Mom and dad are dead. It was not just lightning. The shadow man was stalking near. The shadow man. The spirit of hate that could not move on for fear of what comes after. Somewhere down the stairs, across the living room and the kitchen, in a house made massive and haunted by the dark, there is a shatter. The sound of glass broken. That was not in my head. It's not in my head. Mommy, please help. Outside the window, the shadow grows. mm, Outside of the window, a shadow grows across the house. Clank, clank, clank. With each strike of lightning, the shadow man becomes visible. A specter tall and hulking, a face rotten with anger. After each flash of lightning, he disappears again slowly. He moves across the helm, hunting. Finally, the fear grew too much. The little girl slips from the safety of her bed and runs to her parents' room. She calls her mom on the phone besides the bed. Beside the bed. Okay. Each footstep, draw, each footstep draws the shadow man closer to the little girl, scared and pleading for her mother. Like the screams of a rabbit draw a fox. Mom, please come home. There's someone in the home. There's someone here. Please. I cannot see him, but he is here. Libby, dear, you're safe. Just go back to bed. Libby turns and squeaks, caught by the shadow man. He swings his hand down at her, a butcher knife, a cleaver, an axe. His hand, a visceral extension of his rage. Being strobe, the being strobes with rapid lightning pulses as he stabs Libby again and again and again. And you made fun of me for having child death in a story. Not all the dead are evil. I, dear friend, am a ghost that watches. But the shadow man is a ghost of hate. However, ghosts, no matter how angry, are spectral things. Let us watch and see how the story ends for Libby. The shadow man pounced, stabbing again and again and again, letting out silent roars as his hand passed through Libby again and again. But again and again, his hand simply phased through the little girl, doing nothing to her. The worst torture for all of the the shadow man is that he is not real. Libby eventually calmed and went to bed, convinced that the shadow man was nothing more than a trick of lightning and shadow. The shadow man, the spirit of hate, may scare children, but come morning is less than a nightmare, forever cursed to prey on the innocent and scared, but never able to harm anyone. Was that your whole entire world? Because it felt like that was your whole entire world. No, that was not. That was the. F- that was one quarter of my world. It is just, okay, so... I'm already starting to see where the lines can start to blur for this yellow card. It's, it's about what happens after you die. It's just this guy doesn't go anywhere. He stays on Earth. I wrote ghost stories. Yeah, <laughs> that's the yellow card is you just chose to write ghost stories rather than making up a world. <laughs> you, you just, you just it's like, nah, I just like to write ghost stories. I'm not going to make up a world. I'm just going to write. I just wanted to write. Go- like I started writing and I wrote a ghost story and then I just kept oh, writing God, ghost seriously, stories. Seriously, so I'm just going <laughs> to tell this really quick it's like i had to go to the hospital because my eyes rolled up so far into my head this week when you said i'm a discovery writer that they couldn't get down and i had to go to the hospital to get my eyes rolled back down because they just got stuck Uh, and i was like i'm a discovery writer i was like oh screw yourself i didn't say i was a discovery writer what i said is that cody generally when i write 
I do not have a plan. No, this is what you said. Okay, I just on the last episode you said I am a discovery writer. In text you said look up what a discovery writer is, and I'm just like you know what they're stuck. They can't. They can't. I said look up discovery. They, they, can't, they can't come back <laughs> down. My eyes are so stuck right now. <laughs> you said how could this possibly be a yellow you card? Just, and I said look up discovery writing. Ghost stories. <laughs> This just, is a world building show, down. not a storytelling. If you want to do a storytelling show, we can do that. We can tell more stories. We have a prompt that says tell stories that you keep saying you don't want to do. <laughs> well, it's because I don't. I want to do this. <laughs> you mean not build worlds. <laughs> I mean, I think that what I want to do is get a prompt every week and then based on that prompt, loosely make something that I could call world building to annoy you. <laughs> I think that's the whole thing is part uh, of it. Yeah, the whole... <laughs> I don't want to just tell stories if they don't annoy you. That's no. Oh fun. my gosh! Anywho, this is my second section, and again, this is pretty short, so I'll be back to you pretty quickly. That's fine. You have been walking for what feels like days, and you are still no closer to the mountains. You have remembered a few more things about yourself. You had a wife and kids. You used to work a job in engineering, and your favorite color is blue. You remember small details about your family and your childhood. Why am I dead, Jordan? Over, Why you gotta make me because dead? I'm I didn't kill you I'm in my story. I'm telling this from a first-person perspective. Overall, you feel... I want to give you a yellow card for murdering me Over, so often. It seems just, to happen a this lot. This is the only time I've murdered you. Overall... It just feels like an extension of your... It's just, you know, you're so angry all the time, and then wow, you murder me Why are we talking world. about how... So many people today have talked about how I'm always angry, by the way. <laughs> Stop being angry at me. Overall, you feel like you your past was a good one, as if you lived a good life. Part of you wants to go back, and thus you push on. In your travels, you have found small oasis-like areas that host small bodies of water and plant life. Though you have not seen any other animal life around, you have used the water in the oasis to drink and wash yourself, and you have eaten the plant life for sustenance. The plants are bitter, but they give you the strength to push forward. As you move forward, you see desert trees, small brushes, and other organic life that you can break apart with rocks in order to make shelter. But instead of making shelter, you make a structure to help protect yourself from the sun. Your skin doesn't burn and your feet do not blister, but the traveling and the heat take a toll on your body. You are no closer to the mountains, but you begin to remember more. You remember some of the times you lied, you cheated, you stole, and you hurt other people. You remember moments of sadness, embarrassment, joy, and anger. But with these memories coming back, you can't help but think, am I a good person? Do I deserve to go back to my family? And that's my second part. So what I did was actually build a world. As you can see, this is an expansive desert that seems to stretch out for infinity, but in front of you are mountains. Throughout the desert, you find oasis-like areas where you can eat the food and drink and water and wash yourself. You are dead, so you are not affected by the sunlight, but it still beats down and takes a toll on your body. So I built a world. I didn't just tell a ghost story. You can tell a story and build a world at the same time. I'd this like is a to call think out. That what I'm doing is building a world through the narrative. It's just that world is ill-defined and nebulous by nature. <laughs> What's the point Which... of world building if it's just going to be nebulous? You might as well just tell stories. <laughs> Jordan, you just found my thesis on world building. It's dumb and it shouldn't ever then happen. Why do we just have tell a your show? story. Because I like doing it. I just like doing the world building that I like. I like I like worlds with nebulous 
lacks of rules and no structure. And see, I like I, I insert I love Hellboy. I here. like that we have two completely different stories. I like that I'm very detail oriented and I have to actually build the world for someone to see. I also like creating long winded stories. But you know what? I'm glad we we're we are like um, oil and water. We don't match, but yet we make a great show. You know, Jordan, like two seconds ago, you're like, I don't know why everyone says that I'm so angry. And then you just, you're just so angry. <laughs> I'm not angry, Cody. You say that again, I will sure. jump through this phone and strangle you. I am not an angry you person. You know, it's really comforting to know you actually can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you think. <laughs> All right. So this second section, I'm just going to say. Is a ghost story? I struggled with. It is a ghost. I mean, these are it's the the title of the world is ghost stories. So yes, it's a ghost story. It's still a ghost okay. Story. So when we do stories, um, well, actually, okay. No, so we, when we do stories in each other's, this one's not about a ghost. Story. So when we do stories in each other's worlds, how am I supposed to build a story based off of no world? That makes it easier. No, it doesn't. I don't have anything to ba- build upon. Exactly. You can just make it all up. There's no rules. Uh, there's one rule. Just make something that's spooky. I think I'm just gonna pick story right. time for the world. Also, this uh, this isn't this isn't about ghosts. It's not okay. a ghost story, really. This is my world. It's called ghost stories. This one's not about a ghost. Yeah, I can't. I don't know. I'm a discovery I just, I writer. Anyways, <laughs> I'm, I'm a discovery writer. That's the excuse of saying that I'm unorganized. Yeah, that's that's my way of saying I don't stick well to prompts. No, no, ever. no, you don't. You used to. This is called. Can I tell my little thing here? In a certain light, it's very sexist, and I feel bad about it, but it's oh my wrote. So you not out only of my brain. created a... Discope. Oh, Discope. I'm not angry. Go. It's a little It's a little sexist, and I didn't mean it to be, but it just kind of happened that way, and I didn't revise it. So sorry. Anyways, this is called Regret and the Witch of the Winter's Wood. I've told you before that I watch. What made me is a sad story. But first, I have another ghoul to spy upon. It is known that those unable to let go but still die become ghosts, much like me. But what of those who never die? Witches they become, far scarier than a ghost. Being immortal, for whom the world has died, but yet they live. Long ago, in a winter's forest, people danced and made merry. Malina danced in the snow with holly in her hair. Her and her village spent the winter celebrating good harvest and full granaries. I watched... Even at this time, dead and stayed. I watched Malina. Sorry, gosh, I looked up a different language's name, and now I have to try to say it. Now you know Malina the struggle from me for cried. every episode where I just come up with random planet names by putting together words, phrases, sounds, and stuff, and I have to say it again. I was like, Abras, Lexios. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just like guttural bark. That's the planet <laughs> That's name. literally what I do um, every episode. It's fine. I watched Malina dance and cried. I had seen others like her, young and beautiful, convinced that they are immortal, not knowing that the worst curse of all was that they were right. One day, a giggling boy danced with her. They laughed and kicked up snow. In the darkest part of the night, he led her away. Malina, I love you. Marry me and make me the happiest man alive. Marry you? Nay, let us dance and laugh. What is she, a horse? That was funny. That was really funny. Mary, you... (laughs) (laughs) This is my serious story time story, Jordan. All right? (laughs) Yeah, on our world building podcast. Continue. (laughs) Shut up! (laughs) It's world building, kind of. (laughs) All right. 
Let us dance and laugh. We have many years yet to live, and I am in no hurry. Years swirled by like the snow, and I watched her break the hearts of many merry boys. But time passed, and boys became men, and Malina matured. I found her next, drinking in a tavern surrounded by friends. They drank and laughed and talked. They were her family, and this was her home. The winter nights were long, and she passed them by the warmth of a tavern fire. She approached the bar, smiling. Boy and my love, pour us another draft. I, my love, here you are. He handed her a mug over the bar. The large, usually stoic man seemed afraid. Pray you might help me later clean up the bar and such. Malina giggled and kissed him on the cheek and left a coin on the table. And by table, I mean bar. Aye, later that night, Boyan... Boyan? Gosh, frick, these stupid names that I picked. I should not have done this. Later that night, Boyan and Malina... I don't think I'm saying that right. Sat alone in the tavern. Malina, my love, marry me. I am not much with words, but I love you. Marry you? Nay. You are a dear friend, but we are young. Let us drink and be I married. really almost said it again, by the way. Just, what is she? Hey. What is she, a horse? Years swirled by like the snow, and I watched Melina drift. Ever she rejected being tied down. She wanted her independence, and she had it. But years are cruel, and time began to leave marks. Meeting with friends became rare. Her family passed on. Malina lived alone. She spent a great deal of her time at the tavern. She grew remote and silent. Reget regret began to nibble at her mind. Boyan still tended the bar, but now he was married with children all his own. But it's, in but it's impossible. All of his children were surely as old now as she felt. Malina, in her mind, was still young. One day she sat in the tavern listening to the words of the young people who were much like her. Malina, I, she be an old witch. I have heard that for many, they say that... Whoa, what? Mm. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Malina, I, she be an old witch. I have heard from many that she skulks here and there now, preying on children, envious of their youth. Malina, I, she be an old witch. I heard she cursed many hearts... Um, in her time. Malina, the winter's witch, she has a cold heart and a violent tongue. Avoid her. Shun her. Ugly and dangerous and old. Malina sat alone and cried, unseen. She had never harmed a soul. Eh, scroll down too far. She liked her life and wanted to... Don't sigh at me. I'm just saying, it's like one of us like prepares and like, actually puts some heart in this and the other one just shows up. You're mean. I am. <laughs> But you never said I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, where was I? Malina sat alone, cried unseen. She had never harmed a soul. She just liked her life and wanted to be free. But these youths hated her for being different. I sat with Melina then and watched and cried as well. That night she went home to a house full of decay and sadness. She looked in a mirror and saw a horrible face. Eyes red from crying dirt stuck to tears the fine lines of age made haunted by winter's pale and a mask of woe hers might have been a face of a kind mother smiling at the babe that had just made her a grandmother but alas she saw the face of a witch i left then for i could not see what came next snow turned red a village gone become simply the story of the winter's witch i still see malina from time to time when she comes by, I hide. Not because I fear what she might do to me, but because I fear seeing what hate pushed her to become. 
Okay, so we're we're doing this. Are you done with your section? Yeah, I'm done with my section. What are the rules of your world? Huh? What are the rules of your world? What happens when you die? If you lead an unsatisfactory life, you stay as a ghoulish ghost. So, you, so the world after you die is just Earth, but only you're just you're you're just there now. You're just Some there people forever. do, yeah. Some people move on. You're very angry. This is the You've Romeo and Juliet episode all over again. Hey, yeah, a grocery store. Okay, now let me tell the story of Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> yeah, I'm calling uh, you out, man. No. The yellow card is you need to be better. <laughs> <laughs> I expect the next world that we do, you just to blow me away. I'm still going to roll. And if I don't like it, I'll roll again. That's, what's, that's what my yellow card stipulation is going to be. <laughs> You need to come with your A-game next week and just knock it out of the park. Anyways. I don't dislike what I wrote. It's just not exactly a world. It's a not world. a world. <laughs> it kind of gets there at the end. Okay, hopefully. The end kind of redeems it. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I'll be the judge of that. Judge, jury, and executioner, I say. Okay. <clears throat> society hit... Quote unquote society history. I split it into the same parts. We've already talked about this. It has been what feels like weeks, and you think you've made it closer to the mountains, but that could be a delusion. You have come across a few other people during your journey. Some people have been here longer than you and have been wandering aimlessly ever since they woke up. They too have not been to the mountains and believe that it is an unattainable goal. Others are dangerous, having gone crazy by the endless desert and the constant sunlight. They have tried to attack you with weapons fashioned from sticks and rocks. You have fought them off with only the sheer determination of escaping this misery. But they seem to have completely lost their souls to this area. Those empty husks of mankind have been driven completely mad by the loss of hope that the desert brings and the bad memories that plague them daily. See, look, I built like a type of character that would exist in this world. You know, I'm building a world. It is I two types of things that could exist in my world. There's ghosts and witches. It is true this area has made you feel completely lost, but you push on. You have also run into those who have given up but not been driven mad. They have accepted their fate of being stuck in this area, so they try to make the best of it. They have band together with others who see things the same way and have made small communities around the oasis areas. Using branches from trees, rocks found throughout the desert, fibrous materials fashioned as ropes, and large leaves for shade, they have built up tents in order to live. They trade stories back and forth from memories they have recovered, and through this, they have their own communal story time. Through talking, some people remember more. Others believe they have gained more memories, but these are only false memories planted by the stories of others. You have to be careful with what you share it is possible to lose what little you have. You stayed with the community of Zoe for some time now. You have begun to remember more about yourself. You remember your family in great detail. You remember your childhood. And you even remember what happened to you before you woke up in the desert. You were traveling for work when a semi-truck ha truck had jumped the median and struck your vehicle, causing you to spin out and lose control. As you lay there in your car waiting for help to come, you began to fade away. You remember that these are the events that led to your death. You realize that this whole place is the afterlife, or maybe a better description is purgatory. You do not tell the others that you have met as you believe this is something that everyone must realize on their own. 
Instead, you leave the camp under pretense that you are going to continue your journey to the mountain. And that is the end of my part. I like it so far. I'm a fan. Yeah. I <laughs> I enjoyed this, and I'll probably rant about the anime Death Parade at the end, by the way. <laughs> oh, you've told me about Death Parade, and I still haven't watched it. It's on the top of my list of animes. <laughs> All right. Oh, next to Third what part. I forgot to talk about by the thing today is I'm on part six of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, almost finished with it. It's great. You never asked me. Oh, I didn't realize. Th- you never asked me what I have been doing this week. It's therefore I never told you. <laughs> I'm egotistical. It is known. Um, <laughs> but yeah, JoJo's is great. Anyways, continue. <laughs> uh, okay. My third section is called I Watched, I Still Watch. This is my story, the story of a spirit that could not move on. Telling telling stories for a spirit like me is bittersweet. They are so often sad, but I care so much for those I see living and dying. I feel every moment of their lives like it's my own, but my story is a sad one. I am still here because I did not live a good life. (laughs) When I was little, my village seemed an island. The world was small. We hunted and farmed. We lived by our river, and I spent many days fishing. But really, I simply watched. I watched the hunters run into the trees and return with deer. They seemed fearless and braved. And I watched them. I watched farmers sow in the fields. I saw how they cultivated crops in rotation. They seemed like magic. I also watched other children as they laughed and played. They got scolded for running through fields. Their carefree spirits made me so happy. One day I was alone in a field and I saw some bullies attacking a younger boy. He was weak and sickly. Many people made fun of him. Many days he would come and sit with me while I fished. But this day, some older and wicked children beat him. They pushed him in the mud. I stood up, then, and watched. He laid on the ground crying, and I watched and cried for him. One day when I was older, I saw a woman that I loved. She used to come down by the river where I was fishing. She would talk to me. She said that she liked that I was quiet. She said I was pensive. I fell in love and watched. I watched while she talked to me. I watched as she told me that I should come and visit her in the village sometime. I watched as a brave hunter began to talk to her. They would laugh and explore the wilderness together. She would join him on hunts, and together they would feed the village. And eventually, a large and happy family. I would watch and love them. One day, when I was old, I sat by the water fishing. I saw smoke rise from the village. Screaming broke the silence. I laid low and watched as my village burn. I could do nothing. I was old after all, and I was unarmed after all. What could I have done but watch? The bullies were always stronger than me. Others were always more loved, and I was always content to watch. I was judged to be unworthy, and I suppose now I have to watch the dead die and stay here, and in some rare instances, watch them move on. Many lives are lived without question. Few live life like each day matters. Even few live each day like it is their last. My advice, live each day like it will repeat forever. For some of you, it will. And that is why now I watch. That's the end of that section. It's kind of, I mean, it's not even remotely close. This kind of reminds me of the anime Noragami. It's just like the how the dead still live in current times which that is actual world building by the way but the dead live in current times kind of yeah see as, i didn't completely not do the as member <laughs> as members of society but like no one can really see them or interact unless yeah unless yeah you, you 
Norgami's good. I'm not going to explain the anime. <laughs> but yeah, you, you've barely followed the plot. Problem. Yellow card. I'm not giving you a red. <laughs> I'm just saying yellow. Okay, so here's my last section. Pay attention as you are going to choose your fate. Like I said, I will read all the endings at the end, but you get to choose what the ending to your story. Now that you know your fate as a dead man, the heat no longer burns your skin, your body no longer feels the exhaustion of travel, and you do not need food or water to push on. Knowing that your body has already passed and that what is left is just the soul has allowed you to surpass the limits of that body. You continue to walk head held high even with the fact of your death. Due to this, the mountains have been getting closer and closer. You have traveled far and the terrain has changed only a slight bit, but now the mountains loom over you. You arrive at a beach where a man clad in black greets you at the waterfront. At least you think he is a man. Other than his general shape, you cannot make out any of his features other than his smile. You recognize this man as death, the end of all ends. He greets you by name, the first time you've heard your own name since you woke up. The man explains to you that you are in purgatory, and the reason that you have been able to reach this beach is because you have realized your fate as a dead man. Those who also have realized they are dead but do not accept their own deaths are the husks that have attacked you on your journey. They have lost their minds and thus their souls, longing for the world that they left when they died. To pass on, you must let go of your past and move on. The desert was created to allow those humans that died to, com to contemplate their lives. By erasing memories and only allowing them to remember one thing at a time, it gives each human the chance to reflect on their own past. Part of death is coming to terms with the past and letting it go. Those who, can't, those who can't are consumed by their past. Those who do come to terms have a chance to pass on. The man motions to the lake and gives you three options, the same options that have been given to those before you. You can choose to long for your past life and enter the lake with the hopes of returning to where you left off. You can choose to move on, realizing that there is no way back to your life you had before, and enter the lake to journey to the mountains, where you will spend the rest of your rest of eternity. Or you can turn around and stay with a community of people that you have met along the way, basking in the heat of the sun, choosing to return to the lake at another time. What do you choose? Third option. Third option? Oh, wow. Okay. You cho chose the longest one, by the way. Okay. You choose, <laughs> you choose to go back to the communities to live. Experience, life in uh, experience the life in purgatory. You turn around, waving goodbye to death, letting him know that you will return one day. You go back to the communities and stay, sharing stories of your past and listening to others about their stories. You help those you have met ease into the fact that they are dead and even guide them to the beach by the mountains. You gain many friendships and have learned many ways of life. Finally, after many decades have passed, you return to death, ready to move on. He greets you as a friend and guides you to the water. As you emerge yourself in the water, you hear his voice. You have already lived many lives. I will now grant you a final peace. You pass through the water to the other side where the mountains stand tall. Here you will spend the rest of your life in peace, living with those who have made the same choice. The mountain range is vastly different from the purgatory you spent your life in. The sun sets like it did on earth, and you can see the stars in the sky. The stars each represent a living soul back on the plane of the living. You notice that, there, that the air is refreshing and the water is fresh and cool. There is plenty to eat, and there are also many communities amongst the range. 
You forget your past life and move to make new memories in this part of the afterlife. And that is, you chose the best, like, if this was a video game, you chose the good ending, the best ending. I always choose the good ending, Jordan, you know that. So this is ending number one. You enter the lake with a chance to make it back to your old life. Death smiles, a twisted smile, and guides you to the lake. You begin to walk into the depths. As you emerge yourself in the water, you hear his voice. You are dead. There is no chance to return from whence you came. Dead is dead. The end is the end. Unfortunately, you will never realize this. Your connection to the past is too strong. You feel the water begin to fill your lungs. You let out a painful scream and your vision fades until everything is completely black. You are surrounded by nothingness. Nowhere you go changes this fact. You can walk for for years, millennia even, and you will still be in the same situation. You have entered the void and will remain there forever, alone in the freezing cold, pitch black nothingness. I'm glad I didn't pick option yeah. one. <laughs> that is the bad ending, the one where you get stuck in the void for trying to return to life because you can't do that. Once you're dead, you're dead. And here is um, two, the, the medium ending. Let go of your past, enter the lake to continue onto the mountains. Death smiles a gentle smile and guides you to the lake. You begin to walk into the depths. As you emerge yourself in the water, you hear his voice. You have been able to let go of your past. From For that, I give you one more chance at life. You will return to the world in a new form, having shed off your own life. You will never relive or remember your past, but you will be given a second chance at life. From here, you can make new choices, new mistakes, new friends, and new love. Whatever happens is your choice. Goodbye, friend. We will meet again one day. You continue on to a bright light where you are reincarnated into a new form. So part of death is also reincarnation, as some believe. I don't believe in reincarnation, but, you know. <laughs> so here's the part where I kind of rant about Death Parade before we get into your last part. It's just, there was an episode towards the end of Death Parade that I really like, because they do this thing where he takes the main character back to her old life, to like, see what happened after she died, and gives her the choice, like, you can return to the land of the living in the same position as if you never died, but another person has to die in your place. And that was like the choice, like, okay, it's like, choose your own adventure type thing. What do you choose? Do you choose to go back? Do you choose to decline and leave fade up to be either go to the void of reincarnation or what? And that's kind of, this ending is kind of where I just drew, it's like, what would you choose if given like a chance to choose what your own fate would be? Not knowing which option is which. And you have to choose the best option, which was weird to me. I thought for sure you would pick one of the first two. <laughs> oh, I mean, definitely, like, the first choice is, like, the wrong choice, yeah. right? Like, it's, like, try to return to your past life. It's, like, clearly you can't do that. <laughs> I have, like, anime glasses right now. <laughs> yeah, where it's just where the white. white shine over him. <laughs> That's really funny yeah. to me. Oh, gosh. Sorry, so I just looked over at my picture and I'm like, I enjoyed that because for a while you've been doing the anime glasses thing where it's just like, yes, I shall destroy them all. Yeah, it's because it's, I'm reading off my laptop and it's reflecting real bad. Anyways. Um, No, I liked that though. I I liked the multiple endings. I I really liked writing a story and building a world. The two things we do with this show. Hey. Give it a minute. I think that I might redeem it with the last oh. section. At least I'll be able to defend myself. I'll be we'll the see. judge. You're the one who called it the yellow card in the first place, so I don't think you can defend yourself. Well, I hadn't written the last section yet. Like, I'll, I'll talk to you about it in a minute. What? Okay, let's do this. Why I have... 
why I struggled it's with this It's the final part. battle It's going to be very obvious. <laughs> well, Me right. versus you. Death and the diner. It's always been me versus you. Death and the diner. <sighs> Gosh. A young man wakes in a diner. It is a busy place. Death sits across from the young man. I sit in another booth and watch. I hate this young man. He is dead, of course, but I think he is going to get to leave. He has that look. They all do. To me, people that get to move on always look smug. They seem to hardly even care that they are dead. You know, most people are disappointed or at least scared. I am, after all, a skeleton in a black robe with a sickle. The young man just smiles. He doesn't say a word. Death and the young man... Okay, nope, never mind. Sorry, my baby started crying and then he stopped. Death and the young man sit together and eat a meal in silence. Sitting with death is an experience I cannot describe. His eyes judge and he reeks of finality. I have had many meals with death, sat with that final judge many times. And no matter how hard I try, I always have to defend myself. Explain why I was weak, that it was not my fault. After each meal, death smiles and says simply, If you cannot meet death, then you must stay and wait and learn. I watch no such conversation today. After today, the young man and death say nothing. He walks through the door and moves on with ease. In those brief moments when the door opens, I get a brief glimpse, said brief too many times in that sentence, I get a brief glimpse of what is waiting for me. What might still be waiting for me if I ever learned to forgive myself? I see worlds beyond counting. I see stars and swirling nebulas sliding perfectly between the tangible and the imagined. I see what is created by an uninhibited soul finally free to see their own creations made manifest. I see new existences from beginning to end, all created by the wondrous minds of those that can move on. But more than anything... I hate those that move on, and envy is all I feel when faced with the infinite with the infinity of beauty. And that is the end of my section. So your character's just never gonna so, move on. Your character's huh? just never gonna move on, huh? Also, our well, se- so, our ending sections were decently similar. <laughs> they kinda were, yeah. That that's why I said it kinda redeemed itself at the end, because there actually is world building here if A you a little bit read between the lines really hard <laughs> yeah I'm, um, I'm keeping the yellow card on you buddy Love well you, buddy. okay so here is my idea for the for like all three of these and then the last section the first section was supposed to kind of be a humorous like nod to the ghost story mm-hmm. where it's like aha i like you would think that ghosts would be powerful but ultimately they're just impotent and cursed to live forever not being able to kill people which is what they would want yeah. to do um and then the idea of the narrator is that like you don't have to be malicious to be unsatisfied with your life. Um, So that was kind of where he came from. And then the last section was supposed to be a conversation between someone who accepts death and can move on and someone that can't. And I wrote it like five times and then delete what I wrote because like, and this might partially be coming from like having read Hellboy and like the mindset that that put me in. But I think that like any defense of your life is ultimately futile. And the notion that you should have to do it is false. So like it's a, it's, it's a trope, right? It's like a cliche of like, 
You know, like, oh, you have to go and defend your life. Like, there's a movie called Defending Your Life yeah, about a guy that he, dies he and has to go that. and defend his life. And I kind of, the reason I like Hellboy is because of how every time someone asks him to defend his life, he just says no. And I think that that's admirable in that notion that it's like, what gives anything the right to judge the life of another human, like, wanting or not wanting? I don't think anything can possibly do that. And even if it could, like, what merits? You know what I mean? It's like, what's what's the measuring stick here? Like, what do we use to judge each other? And so I like this idea that, like, the right answer is to not engage with this final judge of death and to kind of just let it go. And that all these, like, spirits that are left over always find the need to defend themselves because they know they've done something wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that that was why I struggled with the last section because I kept trying to write that conversation well, with death and came to the conclusion that a conversation with death. Well, is it stupid. reminds me a little bit. <laughs> true. It reminds me a little bit of the book um, "Until We Have Faces" by um, C.S. Lewis. Like the ending, there is a part towards the end where the character, like, finally, like her life was. She believes her life was so terrible. She finally has a chance to stand up for, uh, stand up to the gods and say, say. While why everything was so terrible, and like finally gets to complain and finally gets to say, it. and then she realizes as she's saying all these things that she's actually just repeating the same line over and over and over again. So she's not actually having that conversation with the conversation that she had perceived with death this whole time. It's like finally I'm gonna say to the gods, screw you, but she's just saying the same thing that she could not like amount to something. I mean, I'm leaving out a bunch because it's been almost. 15 years since I read that book, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that's kind of the deal that I get from, yeah, from what you were saying about the conversation with death. It's hard. Like standing, <laughs> standing up and saying, this is like, this is my life and here's why I think I deserve to do whatever. It's like, yeah, you're always going to be wrong. I'm well, paraphrasing I mean, like and, very and heavily on all of this. <laughs> it's a cliche, right? Like that always happens in stories where people are like, oh, you know, you have to like, live a life that makes you worthy of going to some kind of afterlife. And I'm like, that's kind of a horrible notion, isn't yeah. it? Like we're all pretty content with that being the way we judge our lives. That's pretty awful that like, we just do all believe that there is like a value on a human life that we can, something can quantify at some point. Like, you know, like, yeah, we're going to have to talk for a little bit after this episode. Cause it's stuff I don't want to talk huh? about. Yeah. We're going to have to talk for a little bit after this episode too. <laughs> Oh, about about what about the about the topic about of what you the... just said about the like believing that you have to have live some sort of fulfilled life in order to go to yeah about all that. Well, I don't necessarily. I don't know. It's like I think it's the notion of that there is a yardstick yeah. somewhere. And, that well, I is grew knowable and quantifiable. I grew up with like that notion of having some sort of quantifiable good life gets you whatever afterlife. And, yeah, and that's right. and I mean, like it's that's why I, I don't it's like, like it's personal stuff I don't want to talk about on air. That's why I want to talk to you about it afterwards because <laughs> like I grew up with that notion, with that thought of like this equals this. Right, right. Yeah, yeah but I really like doing this episode because death is actually <laughs> as depressing as it's gonna sound, death is actually something I think about all the time. <laughs> well, no, I mean it's, it's yeah, right. Like I don't think that's depressing. It's somewhat inevitable. You'll see it a lot in like my writings and my stories that I tell. Like death is always ever present. Like even in the whole the Starboard My Space Odyssey thing, like 
when because I wrote out a bunch of stuff that I wanted to turn into a webcomic, and I actually have Death as a character who interacts with the crew quite a bit. And so just this idea of death of what happens after death of what true death truly means is always something that's been present in my writings and in my thoughts. So yeah, anyways. <laughs> You you just learned a lot about me that <laughs> didn't necessarily want to tell <laughs> on a podcast. Well, I mean, what's the point of doing it if not yeah. like right? What's the point like of I writing said, if not like, to transmit ideas? Some, you got to be careful. Sometimes you can overshare and share too much of your life. You can lose what little you have, as I said in my story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyways, I really liked writing this episode. I really like getting the chance to do. I felt like this is a lot different from our other prompts. Maybe it's not, but I felt like it was. <laughs> I mean, I handled it differently for a reason. Like, there's a reason why I didn't do world building. Ah, so you admit it? I kind of did. Ha-ha! I well, got you finally. I've been setting up this trap from the beginning. <laughs> I mean, yes and no. Like. I'll say this, like, the notion of trying to world-build heaven I do consider to be somewhat pointless, but, like, and I acknowledge that I am, in fact, the person that suggested this prompt and added it to the list, so that's a little bit hypocritical, but, um, I guess, yeah, so it it is, like, for one thing, like, the idea of just, like, writing heaven to me seemed, I don't, I mean, you didn't, right? Like, you wrote Purgatory for a reason. Well, because, like, um, you can, oh, yeah, the streets are gold and everything's this, like, it's boring world building to me that's why i didn't go with heaven yeah and i went with the much and that's similar purgatory i even thought of like doing hell at first well <laughs> that's like, i thought boring. about doing hell but i like didn't because man i kind of agree that for one thing it doesn't precisely agree with how i view the world and also it's just kind of like yeah it's fire and there's demons yeah, it, like that's kind of easy and i've done that before um, so the reason I didn't specifically write another world is that I was more writing about the notion of there being an afterlife, like, and the the consequences of yes. that, which is why it was more about ghosts than it was about an afterlife, because the afterlife itself is kind of boring, because nice things are boring. Yeah. <laughs> like, no one wants to read a story about someone having a nice life, yeah, is and, my point. I mean, truly, it's just like, it's fun to kind of create a different take on the afterlife once again i will pitch it death parade is a good look on the step between the true like well what they pose as reincarnation or the void and i wanted to do a joke like we talked about last week just going silent for like 30 seconds like okay that's what happens after you die like (laughs) that's the void welcome to welcome to utter nothingness (laughs) But this is it's it's fun to, for some of these problems to like try to take a creative um, swing at some of these things that have already been done to death. We've have like these oh yeah this is what heaven looks like this is what hell looks like we have it in paintings and TV shows and movies and Twilight Zone episodes like it's all over the place. But to be able to kind of come up with your own thing and I you did come up with your own thing, but I mean you just made ghost stories. You did a build world. <laughs> Gonna, gonna hammer that in until it's dead. I'm just gonna say, I don't think I don't think I agree with you, but whatever. So do you, okay, <laughs> fine. In your own opinion, do you think you did a yellow card or no? I think I did a yellow card, but I do think I did world building about what happens okay, after. I'll agree die. that you did. You did create 
what happens after you die? Did you necessarily build a world? I don't think so. But how does that make sense? You said like, this is Earth and you stay here. To me, the afterlife is by its nature the absence of rules or a specific Fine. world. You built you know a world. I mean? There you go. You you happy now? I didn't. You literally you were arguing saying that you built a world. And I would say you did oh, it, and then you just of. said, I did it. So what is it? Did you build a world, or did you not? The plot is nebulous, and so is the answer. <clears throat> the prompt, Okay, is rolling nebulous. and saying, so screw you. <laughs> oh, this is gonna, this is a fun prompt, but I don't know how we're gonna do it. It's, so, I think I'm gonna roll with advantage on this one, and then get to choose, but we're gonna say... I just rolled number 17, a gritty reboot. And the other one that I rolled was world world where the planet is a sentient being. Yeah, we're going with a gritty reboot. Oh, thank you. Oh, I already know what What I'm doing. What are you doing? No, you know what I'm doing. No, that's part of the yellow card stipulations. You have to tell me. No, it's not. No, it's really stupid what I'm going to do. Gritty dolphin world. Dang it, Jordan! I was gonna do Gritty Dolphin World. That's exactly what I was going to do, and you ruined it. No, I was absolutely the first thing that popped into my head is I'm doing Mad Max Dolphins. (laughs) No, no, no! no, You have to do that. No, 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 I'm gonna cut this. You have to do that. That's amazing. No, no, I'm not. You ruined it. Uh, You killed my fun. Congratulations. You're a fun killer. Okay, so Gritty Reboot World. You can either Gritty Reboot a past world, you can Gritty Reboot a world that exists, or you can just make what your idea of a Gritty Reboot World is. My thought is everybody smokes. I'm I'm really mad at you, Jordan. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Done. (laughs) Okay, anyways. (sighs) Where can we... Mad Max Where Dolphins can for we me. Find you at Cody. The Wandered Gamer Network. I ran my first game of Outlaws Wanted. It's a space opera esque game run, kind of empowered by the apocalypse. When does that episode come out? Uh, I actually don't know. I, I'm not trying to be difficult. I really don't actually know our release schedule. There's there's going to be some D and D released and then that's going to be the next thing that comes out after we finish our current D story so in a month right. well be on the lookout for that stuff ought to be good um what i have to is um something i guess zero zero um at twitch.tv you can check out my streams i've been streaming resident evil also doing some art streams and um recently since it's not going to be today anymore i recently did just kind of a world shop preview where i kind of went through some of our old worlds and kind of what this show is about so if this is what if that is what brought you to this podcast yay on you and um, i'm going to probably keep doing some more world building maybe even do some writing on stream in the future so you can check that out at something i guess zero zero at twitch.tv um and also we now have a twitter account that is pretty much just my rantings every time i feel like posting a tweet um and jordan do you post really offensive no i don't i tweets because no, i, I hope don't you do i my most recent tweet was like, I'm glad that Toy Story 4 um, shows that even toys can have existential life crises. Or crises. Is that what Toy Story Watch 4 is about? Watch the trailer. It's pretty much about that. I, I The only trailer I saw was the one with Key and Peele. Where they were just it, they were doing, doing the, their uh, Key and Peele skit. And 
Well, it's it's that one with them, yeah. like the bell. Is it, the it's like bell, the yeah the, bell the uh, ballet boys or whatever, where they talk about where they talk ballet, about movies. That's, so that's really all they did. It, it's not. It wasn't creative. Because yeah, it's it something was, they've done a million times. Oh, I, I thought it was really. Anyways, funny. I loved but it. yeah, so um, you can check us out on Twitter. You can also check out um, you can email us at worldshoppodcast at gmail That's two p's. What can people? I didn't know we had an email. I literally posted it on every single episode. I've literally emailed Zach oh. back and forth on the Wadu Gamer through our World Shop Podcast email. Hey everybody, email us on that World email. Shop That'd be really Podcast cool, at gmail.com. So if you have any suggestions for a world, any ideas how we can make the show better, or if like anything else that you want to do, or what your own world ideas are, you can email us at worldshoppodcast at gmail.com. Um, anyways, that is all of my ramblings for the end of the show. Thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.